The Cameo Handshake, it's here again. So excited. Southside Jake is here. We're in LA for this one. I'm excited, not only because of spectacular guests, but because it's about 40 degrees warmer than it is back home in Chicago. We're missing Kyle Singles today, but that's all right. We will hold it down. Our guest today, singer, actor, dancer, producer, author, business owner, philanthropist. I mean, just all around everything. The legendary Lance Bass, ladies and gentlemen. Well, hello there. <laughs> you didn't bring your own laptop. Clap track. <laughs> we are still on a budget, so I just make Trust mouth me, I noises. Get it. I understand. Yes, <laughs> Lance Bass. What, dude? It's an honor. I mean, this is like legendary status. Aww. It's an honor to be in your presence, sir. How are you? Well, I'm good. I'm glad to have you here. Uh, how's your trip to California? California's been great. Yeah. Uh, I got in a flight about 5 a.m. Central Time, and then I was thrown off a bit, but it was beautiful. We had a nice uh, yeah. dinner and hung out and meetings, and it's all good. Except that traffic in LAX is horrible. It, it, <laughs> it is the worst. That's what I've learned about LA is like going two miles is essentially could mm-hmm. be like there's, 20 minutes. There's times that you get on the road, and, and you'll know if you spend enough time here. From about 3.30 p.m. to about 8 p.m., just don't drive. Yeah, and, I'm and you're good. Quickly. Other than that, you're good. Well, except okay, in the morning, yeah, you don't do eight thirty to about eleven thirty. Yeah, you you have to structure your day. It mm-hmm. almost feels like it would be like slacking off, like in a traditional world of like, hey, I'm not coming at yeah, nine. I'm right. coming at eleven thirty because otherwise it's pointless. Twelve to two. Yeah, everything's to be twelve to two. For context's <laughs> sake, Lance was nice enough to have us in his home, which uh, I don't even want to speak unknowledgeably about LA, but I guess you would kind of call it the Valley area. I won't explore we are, where, we're but at we're, the we're out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, I've prepped you for this already. The the cameo hand. Handshake, shot of Malort, yeah, with a Midwestern I've beer. I've never had this before, but uh, you've been really, really. Uh, I've been warning it. me about this. <laughs> I've been pressing it. Uh, pre-poured Malort, and right. then we can crack the beers. Okay. Cheers, Mister Lance. Bass. Is, is the is the challenge not to make a face when you do it? I I would just say enjoy. Okay, salud. Okay, that is a different taste. It's I have got to say. A, Oh, and then you chase it with a little... And then a little... PBR. We've got PBR today. Oh, yeah, that stains. Yeah, it, it, uh-huh. it comes later, right? It lingers a bit. Yeah. You know it's alcohol, that's for sure. Yeah, it's a little gross. Mm, it, um, it does work great with the PBR, though. We were teasing on some of the other shows. Is like, is this just a ploy by the beer companies? They're like, oh, yeah, now you got to chase it. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just right? to sell more uh-huh. beer. No, but it works. It definitely, you need to chase it with a beer. Too funny. Yeah. So we saw you very recently in Cameo Land on Good Morning America, yeah. which is awesome. Uh, for those of you guys that didn't see it, basically Lance surprised a couple of teachers in Mississippi, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, with a check and a personal appearance. Our CEO, Stephen Galanis, was there. And what was up with that? How'd that come about? That was awesome. Uh, it all started with my best friend from high school. Uh, he's a teacher at this, this school, Wingfield. And uh, a, f- a few months ago, I, uh, he was doing that one of those Amazon clear the lists. So on Amazon, they, teachers can make these wish lists and people can start clearing them for the classrooms because unfortunately, so many teachers have to spend their own money in their right. own classrooms, which is so sad. So I was inspired. I never heard of that before. So I was inspired to help clear his list. And then I was like, wait a minute, because with my cameo, I like to choose a different charity for my cameos to go to which is awesome. uh, every month. So I was like, okay, so the whole month of August, all my cameo is going to go to clearing these lists. So I got to clear over a hundred, oh, I wouldn't say clear them. I bought items from a hundred different classrooms. So cool. Because uh, I wanted to spread it all out. Um, and so I guess Cameo was very inspired by that and Good Morning America. And they thought, okay, this would be great. Let's go back to your hometown, present a check um, and help these teachers. But the school I went to 
I was very lucky. Like the, I went to Clinton High School, which we had lots of money. Right. We had an amazing music and arts program. We had an amazing football, you know, program. So they didn't need the money. So I was like, please, let's. Can we just go to my friend's school because they're one of the poorest schools in in the state? And so they allowed us to do that. And yeah, we surprised the kids on Good Morning America. They all thought they were doing the local news because they had won a can drive. Oh, nice! <laughs> and then all of a sudden, they're <laughs> live in front of millions of people around the world. Yeah, you could tell there was like a lag on their excitement almost. Yeah, they're like, what? they're like, what is going on? <laughs> and then no when idea. you could see all the light bulbs like collectively uh, go off, and they were like, oh, this is awesome, and so into yeah. it. But even the teachers, it seemed like were like, yeah. No one knew. I mean, it was Darren, my, my friend, was the only one that knew. And then some of the dancers uh, that were in the, uh, some of the school dancers, they knew. But everyone else, all not in. I can't believe you guys were able to pull off a live feed from Good Morning America. Because there's a lot, as you know more oh, than yeah. me, that goes into, hey, a live feed on oh, national yeah. television. Oh, yeah. They just, you know, they just all thought it was local TV. Yeah. You know, so all the cameras are like, okay, it's just it's local WLBT. <laughs> One of my buds does local TV and he's that guy, that, which is awesome, but he'll show up at a school or he's at some pep rally or somebody uh, want a can drive yeah. or whatever, whatever. So, uh, yeah, I'm familiar with that. So, well, that was all. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it was fun. So you pick various like charities and basically give other aspects, but like some of your cameo funds, if not all of them, basically mm-hmm. back. Oh, yeah. How yeah. do you figure out is it just passions? Like, how do you figure out where to give them? To? It is, you know, it's it's getting inspired. You know, the teachers inspired me in August. Uh, this month, I'm inspired with the Trevor Project. Yes. Uh, so it's really all just kind of what's uh, presented to me. You know, I get a lot of people ask me to help with different charities and donate, and it's just an easy way for me, like, to be able to do it. Um, I, I I love that. You know, Cameo has allowed me to be able to donate more than I've ever been able to donate before. Yeah, and it's a cool thing because it's not like you're just going to the pocketbook. Mm-hmm. There's still the fan interaction. You're making mm-hmm. people's days oh, yeah. on the other end. So, like, you're like doing, like, virtual meet and greets <laughs> and you're giving all the money away. Yeah. So, it's kind of cool. And then the fans actually feel like, okay, they've they've given a charity now. Also very true. Yeah, yeah we worked very closely with the Trevor Project um, a couple months ago this mm-hmm. summer. But yeah, for any, Pride. Yeah, for great. Pride. Any uh-huh. celeb could have opt in. Right. And then we gave uh, money back to the Trevor Project. And it was pretty successful. Yeah. I'm great. just excited to be because Cameo is so cool and it's great and it's growing, but it's still relatively, you know, small in the grand scheme oh, yeah. of things. Oh, it hadn't even. So I can't wait till like the Trevor Project's PJ, getting yeah. like millions or whatever. You know what I mean? Pipe dream stuff, perhaps. But like when yeah. it's when we really blow the thing up. Oh yeah, I mean it, we're just right at the beginning of Cameo. So uh, yeah, this is gonna yeah. blow up for sure. Well, they have someone like you on it. You know, it's a, it's a. I mean, obviously, you know, not to say it to your face but like you're a ginormous name so to be on and give back and you know blend your talents is a beautiful thing so well, we're, we're it just a- makes sense it makes it easy for us and you know it's all about because we don't have much time you know and uh and the fact that it just it's the way it's organized it's just so easy to yeah. do it just it's I mean, you'd be stupid not to do it. That's the whole thing. Everyone on there is obviously extremely busy, but hey, you can do this on the couch or the tour bus. And you can't, you know, you can't get to all of them, but you know, you try to do as many as you can. Hey, you do as you can. It goes to a good cause. Mm -hmm. So you're in LA now, but Mississippi, you've Mm -hmm. got like some southern roots. Oh yeah, born and raised, born (laughs) and and raised. And you're obviously giving back quite a bit. Here's my thing. So obviously, you go into these podcasts, you do some research, and like, okay, Lance sang in the choir, yada 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 yada. How the heck do we transition from I'm in Mississippi being a good dude, singing in the choir, to I get a random phone call, and now I'm auditioning for NSYNC. Yeah. I just don't. <laughs> like, 
just maybe too long of a diatribe. I hate mm. anytime I watch like behind the music, not calling it out, but like uh, there's always like you watch like a documentary on someone mm. and they're like, oh, and then one day Michael Jordan called me and I was in the Bulls. And I'm like, no, <laughs> please do not gloss over that. Like I'm yeah, like, watching this to figure out like how the heck, uh, well, how did how did that happen? Like how did you? Uh, I mean, it was a surprise to me. You know, I was a junior in high school. All I cared about was the homecoming dance the next day. Uh, and we had a parade, of course, that I was in charge of our float. So that's all I cared about. You know, yeah. normal junior in high school important issues of course pressing issues uh and so lou perlman who uh, would eventually be our manager called my mom and uh with with justin timberlake it was justin and lou called and told her hey we're putting this group together and we would like to see if lance would come and sing and see if he wants to be our bass singer um i had no idea who lou was i had heard of justin because i'd seen the mickey mouse club before Um, so I knew it was kind of legit, but my mom didn't even tell me about the phone call the first time. <laughs> she was like, yeah, he's not doing it. And just kind of hung up. <laughs> Thanks, Ma. <laughs> so, <laughs> Thanks, Ma. Yeah. And she told me, you know, later, like, oh, this person called. I'm like, well, well, that's, I mean, I, I, that sounds crazy. I mean, why should we check this out? And then they call back and she's like, okay, maybe we'll just check this out. So they, um, they flew me down to Orlando, my first time on a plane. I thought, oh, great, I'll go to Disney World. Yeah. And sang with the guys who sang the Star Spangled Banner and immediately knew, oh, crap, like this is, this is something. I knew I'd made the band right there. And then when that happened, obviously I'm imagining euphoria and happiness, but then, I still have decided if we're cursing on this podcast, but then, <laughs> oh, shit, uh-huh. my life's about to change like crazy. Yeah. How was that duality in well, your mind? I mean, it... It really wasn't diff- much different. Um, I mean, d- moving to a different city was different, but as far as like knowing that our lives were going to be completely changed, we didn't think that because all we thought was we were going to be this acapella group singing sure. at Disney World. That's sure. all we wanted to do is be hired at Disney, right? And <laughs> just be like, we have a, a job. Yeah, I perform for a living. Yeah. I'm at Disney. Yeah, heck we yeah. had no idea that it would just grow to be what it was because for a year we couldn't even get a record deal. I mean, we were rehearsing every day and singing and uh, living together, but no one would give us the time of day. So you're in this thing, obviously not knowing. Got it. That makes more sense, but still quite a family decision to like uproot and go to Orlando and like the whole deal. And it's a big, uh, you know, I mean, I can't believe my parents actually let me do that because the vocal coach who actually was Justin's vocal coach who recommended me uh, told Justin, he was like, look, Lance would be perfect for the group, but his mom would never let him do it. <laughs> yeah, well, it sounds well, she blew off the first Perlman call, I mean, yeah. which is like... So, <laughs> I'm surprised they actually let me do this because I don't know if, as, as a parent, I don't know if I would have done... I mean, it's just so random. You're like, what? You're not going to take my kid right before they finished graduating high school. Um, but they knew that there... I guess there was nothing they could say that was going to hold me back. So you went alone, family stays back. Mm-hmm. And For the first few months, yeah. you and the boys are living in a house or right. whatever, some kind of mutual dwelling space yes, in Yes, we had a house together. We lived with Justin's mom, our vocal coach, and then me, JC... Justin and Chris. Joey lived in Orlando with his family, so he lived with his parents. He was good to go. Wow, that's so wild. That's crazy. So when did things pick up steam? Like, okay, yeah, we want to be like a Disney band, and then Uh, obviously... Well, it all changed that next summer. So we got together October 1st, 1995. And so it was uh, the end of that next summer where... I mean, we we sent our demos to everyone, and everyone turned us down. Tommy Mottola, you name it. They're like, there's no way a group like this would ever work in America. <laughs> uh, like, New Kids on the Block have been done, and this is right. not going to happen again. So we couldn't get signed. And 
my senior year was about to start. I wanted to graduate with my class, and I told the guys, "Look, I'll, you know, I'll go to school in the weekdays and on the weekends. I'll be here in Orlando, and we'll just continue because I didn't want to, you know, end the group, but I wanted to be realistic, you know, and uh, and make sure that my schooling was up because if this didn't work, I mean, then I'm stuck doing nothing, and I don't have a degree or yeah, of course, anything. right. So I was trying to be smart about it, and I just wanted to graduate with my friends. So I was packing up my bags, and that's when our manager, Johnny Wright, called and said, oh, uh, you just got signed in Germany. Oh, record, cool. Record label in Germany. And instead of going to Mississippi, I went straight to Germany that next like two days. And we lived over in Munich for a couple of years before we came over to America. That's wild. Yeah, so we were a German band. Yeah, well, it makes sense. So a lot of times yeah. things, as you know, like pop overseas yeah, way before they pop here. And I'm so glad we did because, you know, it was it was a weird time in music. I mean, mid-90s was just a hodgepodge of, yeah. I mean, you had the We've Seattle the grunge things going on. hip-hop just being really coming around. Um, you had the, I mean, the females like Alanis Morissette were blowing up. Uh, then you had the Spice Girls. I mean, so it was just, it was this weird melting pot of, For sure. that was going on. So we didn't know what our sound was at that time. Again, we were an acapella group, so we didn't, we didn't have mu- I mean, money for music. So we didn't know exactly what our sound was. So we went to Germany and played around with a few things. Uh, we found Max Martin. Yeah, um, legend, legend. Yeah, and I mean, Dennis Pop was who we really found. He was uh, the one who started Sharon Studios with Max Martin. And unfortunately, he passed away and Max took over the reins. So we, we, we found that sound early on, and we knew, oh, gosh, this is something amazing. But we also started playing around with techno. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, you're in Germany. It's the mid-90s. <laughs> I mean, it you was know, the mid-90s you know, in not? Germany. So we played around with some of that. It was horrible, <laughs> um, and we never want to hear that again. So you know, it was, it was finding who we were, were as artists, uh, and I'm glad we got to do that over in Europe first. Of course. Before we came back to America, because just like Tommy Matola said, they would laugh you off stage if we brought you out well, now. Well, that's kind of the formula, too. Like I think it, even Jimi Hendrix, other bands, like mm-hmm. I'm convinced that a lot of times it's hard for acts to break where you're from just because everyone's like, dude, that's not a pop star. That's a dude I went to high school with. Right, I know yeah. that guy's cousin. But if yeah. you go overseas, you can have a little bit of the mystique that will allow it to pop. Right. Like, I'm pretty sure we'd have the fact just, I think that's what Jimi Hendrix did. Right. I think he was not Beatles, popping, Beatles not popping, not Germany. popping. Yeah, yeah you know? Mm-hmm. So you got to go almost where there's a little bit of mystique. Right. And then you come back with a story. You know, it's like you have a little cred behind you. Like, yeah. Oh, like, oh, these guys sell out an arena over in Europe. They must be great. And so it's, you know, it's easier yeah, to get people And the lore grows. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's like a snowball effect. The, the, yeah. the more uh, yeah, perceived we would, success. Literally, we were over in Europe and we were on the cover of every magazine before we even released any song. That's it was, wild. It's just, they love Americans over there. And there were so many, we didn't know what a boy band was. There was no term in America called that uh, when we got together. But in Europe, there were about 500 of these boy bands. Really? They were like okay. lip syncing groups that were put together by you know record labels. And it was very discouraging. Just like, well, this is, this is horrible. Like, how are we going to stand out in this sea of you know boys but somehow uh, they were just excited that we went over there i think it's because we were american and it was a little strange to be that big and that famous um and then come back to your hometown and no one knows who you are at all and your friends are like you're lying right you don't (laughs) you didn't do that and you're like no Uh, look at this german tiger beat man i swear i swear check this out (laughs) 
Uh, that's wild. It's kind of maybe ideally the goal, though, too, to be like famous somewhere else and then mm-hmm. can still come home to your it sanctuary. It is nice. It really is not. Now, you know, hindsight, I'm like, it would be nice to yeah. just be known around the world and not America. Um, Robbie Williams does that a lot. And um, he's huge all over the world, but he never really tried it here in America because he lives here most of the time. And it's such a nice world for him. I mean, he's superstar everywhere. Can't go anywhere without paparazzi. But when you get back to America, it's nice, nice yeah, and relaxing. I'm convinced that's the formula. Yeah. I call I call it teasingly regionally recognizable. Yeah, like I you guess. know, like some of my <laughs> hockey buds and stuff. Like if you're uh, at anything around like your team or that city, you're a, yeah. a superstar. But mm-hmm. if you're just like fishing in Minnesota, you're just yeah. some dude fishing in Minnesota. Yeah, so nice. did the first song start to pop like in Germany? Then is that mm-hmm. when you signed like an American deal or? Yeah, no. Uh, we spent a year and a half over in Europe. Uh, released a full album, lots of singles. You know, it, it did very well. Um, but we were actually in Turkey, I believe. Yeah, I think we were in or Hungary. I don't know. We were either in Hungary or Turkey, Something one to of these that countries. Effect, right. And uh, we were performing at at a club. You know, it was like early on in in this country that we were at, so we weren't as big. So we were performing at this club, and there happened to be um, a guy from. It was RCA Records nice, and, from New York and uh, Vince DiGiorgio. And he said, guys, I'm bringing you to America. We're like, what? <laughs> so we got signed to, to RCA and it was just, it was incredible because all we wanted to do was be able to release in our own country and let our friends and family be able to hear the stuff we've been working on for two years. Right. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was amazing. It was just a, a godsend that he just happened to be there and, uh, and signed us to RCA. Timing's everything, I yeah. suppose, right? You never know who you're going to run into, yep. let alone where. That's you why know. you have to take every gig. Because we didn't <laughs> want to even take that gig, but that's the one that started it all. That's wild. That's so yeah. fun. And the rest is history, as mm-hmm. they say. Yeah. And, and now, here it is, you know, years and years later, yeah. and so much has changed. And you've, like, yes, icon status. I mean, as we sit here, not to bust you out, I'm looking at Moon Men and <laughs> awards, and it's we just like... We had a like, good run, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, heck yeah. That's nice. so wild. That's so yeah. surreal. So what's going on nowadays to jump 100 years to the future? Like, yeah. So now, like, I'm hearing you're opening a tavern. You're telling me about this bubble pop thing, bubble I say. Tab. Bubble yeah. tap. No, like, what is, uh, what's growing on now? I'm finally at the point now, uh, you know, I've been doing entertainment for so long, and I've you know, film and television is what's had me by the balls for a long time now. Uh, but I've, I'm an entrepreneur at heart. Sure. Like I just, I've always been that way. Even within sync, I was the one that was always doing marketing and signing every check. Like I just was just business minded. Sure. Right? Um, and so I knew at some point in my life, I wanted to kind of take a little break from entertainment and relax a little bit and start some of these businesses, businesses I've always wanted to do. Um, so that's what I've been doing the last couple of years, and it's been so much fun. Um, one, I opened up Rocco's WeHo here yeah. in West Hollywood. Where, where sports where bar. Brown, Sammy was just yeah, raving Sammy's about. There. I don't know if she's brown nosing, but she says the best wings in town. It really is the best wings yeah. in town, and boneless wings and pizza. It's an Italian sports bar. Oh, uh, sick. I mean, it's awesome. It's such it has such a good vibe, um, and it's a gay sports bar. So it's it's like I didn't even know something like that would. Would work here in Los Angeles, <laughs> yeah, but sure. it is—it's amazing. That's it, awesome. It really is fun. How I long think. has that been open now? Uh, since May. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, since May. Uh, and then on top of that, you know, I'm I'm releasing all kinds of fun stuff. Or uh, we have the Bubble Tap trailer. Yeah, quick. Well, I want to dig into that. I Tell me about the Chicago Bubble tra- Tap trailer. Um, it is—it's a—it's a Prosecco trailer. So we take these um, these Airstream trailers and sure. we turn them into. 
Um, there's its own keg. You can champagne kegged. Uh, we do a cocktail one. We do a beer one. Now we do a pasta one. So it's all these kind of like food trucks that go to festivals and yep. weddings and yep. all that. And people flip out over these things. It is, it's insane. To be able to pour champagne out of a keg, people flip out. <laughs> I think I've seen it. And I'm not yeah. just saying that, like mm-hmm. at, at festivals and stuff, even yeah. back home in Chicago. Yeah, we're, I think we're franchised in Chicago. Yeah. And we're in about eight states now. That's really uh, cool. Yeah, we're just now starting to really franchise all over because it just takes us forever to build these things. Yeah. So we're, we're getting better at that. Uh, but it's been a lot of fun. And then with that, I'm also... I've been in this definitely a liquor world. Um, so we started, and I'll send y'all some bottles. Yes, please. Uh, yes, please. But we started this company called Just Add X. Okay, and it's uh, it's a mixers line um, called Jacks. And I don't know, do you watch uh, Vanderpump Rules? Yeah, and I know you're plugged. Like you're you're deeply involved in. Oh, that I mean, world. I've known all those yeah, guys right. way before the show existed. Uh, so Jax Taylor Jax, on that show yeah, is yeah. an old friend of mine, and you know we as a joke started this line for horrible bartenders you know so we created these craft cocktail mixers that you just put ice in and your favorite liquor shake and you serve you're gonna taste amazing just add x uh just add x which is also jacks yes indeed well Uh, well played yeah thank you thank you (laughs) so we're releasing that uh towards the end of this year um and it's 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 been a lot of fun i'm just uh i've never been in the the beverage world before, but sure. it is it is insane. <laughs> well, it sounds perfect for a guy like me. I'm yeah. no mixologist. You always think in your brain, like, oh, what would I do? Like, if stuff doesn't work out, like, oh, I, everyone always says, like, I could bartend. Like, you know, uh, if I'd I be if the I, worst bartender ever. Well, that's what I think nowadays, especially too. So, like, a little background on me, like, I'm I'm a Chicago guy, but like deeply rooted South Side Chicago guy, yeah. just like salt as the earth as they come. So mm-hmm. I think to myself, like, if if it hit the fan and I had to be a bartender, I could do like a beer and a shot joint. Yeah, but the first time someone wants like a sex on the beach or oh, like a Cosmo, like, I'd be like, dude, I no. I'm and imagine, out. imagine also, it's a busy bar, and you're getting twenty orders at one time. I'd be like, nope. What one at a time? Right. Is that a Jack and Coke? Okay, yeah. let me get the Jack and Coke. Give I'll me six back. Jacks, Cosmo, and a thing. I'd yeah. be like, ah. Oh. Like, I'm just picturing John Taffer and him like yelling and at I'm me and me you, being like, no, no. And if you watch Man of Rome Rules, Jax Taylor, literally, they'll be like, can I have a sex on the beach? He's like, you're getting a Jack and Coke. And he will not, he will <laughs> right, even I'm not doing it. to make it at all. Yeah. So at what like what's the biggest surprise you've come across? Like you're dipping your toe in this beverage world. Well, you've jumped in the deep end now. But like, what's the biggest surprise? Something you didn't know about that kind of caught you off guard? Um, a lot. Uh, people are very competitive. Um, okay. There's you know your competition starts breathing down your neck immediately. And I didn't even think there was a mixers competition out there. It's cranberry, right. orange juice, you know, tonic soda. <laughs> it's not. You know, I thought we were we're not in the liquor world, right? I mean, we're non-alcoholic, so yeah, I we're, didn't, we're not competing with these these crazy behemoths you know out there uh but there are some out there that are just really competitive and trying to destroy you before you even launch man that sounds icky yeah, it's, it's <laughs> crazy. we're just trying to have a few mixed drinks man uh-huh. but it, but it's also fun because you you know you want to outdo them yeah so you know it becomes a friendly competition at this point the competitive side yeah. so how hands-on are you in these businesses obviously like you just rattled off like three or four businesses mm-hmm. plus the podcast plus your whole entertainer side like how hands are are on you on like the bubble time I, I mean i'm pretty hands-on most of the things that i i release I've, I've created myself got it um but also i know that you have to create amazing teams behind it uh so my you know just add x company has an incredible team 
Um, you know, that of course I'm the one coming up with the flavors and taste, you know, it takes us months to come up with the perfect formulations and, and that was fun. Um, and so I'm very hands on that way. As far as, you know, running the company, you don't want me doing that. You know, I, I know my strengths, you know, I I can do marketing. I'm good at that. The idea man, the pusher. I'm not going to be your day to day, you know, running accountants. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Exactly. I'm not great with numbers. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Uh, So, you know, that, and you know, I've launching a ton of app ideas that I've had. Um, we just were coming out actually next week with the one called Modern Trust, which I think is going to change everything. I don't know if you have a will or a trust, but uh, everyone should. It's something I never knew anything about sure. um, until about five years ago. And I, you know, I have a trust, uh, but most people do not because it's expensive. You know, yeah. you can get a lawyer to make a trust or a will, and, and then it changes, you know, and you have to pay again to change it. So we created this online. Uh, uh, app called Modern Trust, where you get to build these trusts uh, for very cheap, um, and it's just easier for the family because if you happen to pass, uh, the family's left with what do we do? Yeah, there's a lot, you know, and people there's a lot of fights that happen, and it's it's horrible. So it's it's a lot of less stress on the family when you have a trust in place, and so that's what we're encouraging people to do. These it's cheap to do. You can change it daily if you want, um, and that's what I'm kind of focused on right now because I just think it's I like necessities out there. I like when something can change people's lives for the better. Well, especially simplicity, right? Yeah. Like all mm-hmm. these apps, basically the ones that blow up are like simplicity, like yeah. Uber and Lyft. It's yeah, very it's like simple, TurboTax. but like it used you to know, be hard like, or TurboTax. Like, or, like, oh, yeah. so easy. Well, I'm a perfect example. Like I'm not a guy that has like millions of dollars that would have like a formal trust or need right. it. But like, you know, we're all working people. We have a few bucks. Mm-hmm. Like God forbid something happens. Yeah. Like what happens Who's to the rest take of care it? of my dog? How's it go? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, what happens now? Yeah. Who's going to get all the mixers that, uh, uh, exactly. Thousand cases I've of got Jackson cases of free stuff. I've got uh, there's a there's a trailer that pushes Prosecco in my garage. Uh, I'm assuming these are what happens after podcasts. Uh, I'm not 100 percent sure. So how do you stay motivated? Like I guess, and I mean this politely and not bluntly. Why? Like you're super successful. Why are you taking on 50 billion more things? Like what's driving you to stay? I don't active know. I like just that? love being creative. My brain doesn't stop. Um, if it's, you know, writing film and television or music, uh, my brain just does not stop. So I feel like, I don't know, there's just a finite amount of time here on earth and I just want to do as much as I can. And, you know, I've, I'm lucky that I'm in a position that, uh, I've been blessed to be able to do a lot of things I want to do and I want to take advantage of that. Well, it's a privileged situation to be able to, you know, make things happen. Mm -hmm. And I think it's honorable that you're not casting that aside and that you're still being hungry, especially providing services that are, you know, like the trust app and other things like that, that are of value and will be of huge value to some guy in Mississippi that never even knew he had it. So like talk about leaving your stamp on the world. It's fun to leave it via music and entertainment, zero disrespect, taking nothing away there, but like a tangible thing. Something that, yeah, a legacy that, you know, will help the world. Mm -hmm. So you're still involved in the creative world though too, right? You've got a production company or two, you had a management company, like what's your entertainment world involvement yeah. looking like uh right now it's heavily movies uh, okay it's it's weird it goes back and forth you know i'll do like four years of just straight television um and i've done a lot of you know as far as being on television i've done a lot of hosting 
Um, and then I kind of sat back and uh, wanted to produce more as I started these other companies. So I was kind of retiring my face from in front of the camera. Sure. Because, <laughs> you know, look, I'm 40 now. Uh, you know, there's, there's a time where people aren't going to look at this mug anymore. Right, right, right. So right. I want to set myself up and my family up, you know, for the future. That time is not now, for the that, record. Well, you, you look know. the same as you've always looked at that I've seen but, you on you screen. Know, creating films is kind of my passion right now. And right now we have two really great films that uh, we're about to start pre production on. Uh, one is a tri-star film, um, which is based on this true story of these two girls that won a Winnebago on The Price is Right. This is the craziest story. So okay. these two girls, Meredith and Winter, year it was, night, it was 2001. They were seniors in college, and they liked NSYNC kind of ironically, because they were sure. a little too old. Sure. But ironically, they became huge NSYNC fans. Uh, and they decided, you know what? It would be fun to go. We had this stadium tour called the Pop Odyssey Tour. They're like, we should, we should go to every show on the Pop Odyssey Tour and do a whole summer adventure. But they didn't have any money or a way to do it. So they're like, okay, they hatched a plan to write the prices right. One of them was going to get on the show. Okay. Win a Winnebago and enough money to be able to follow NSYNC on tour all summer long. And it happened just like that. It was the biggest prize ever given on The Price is Right, a huge Winnebago. <laughs> I know, it's like you can't make this shit up. It just, you can't. And so they went on this amazing summer adventure following. I didn't even know about this until like the last show. Um, and they were on TRL with Carson Daly yeah. explaining the story. I'm like, wow, have I not heard this? And I knew then, I'm like, this is the best movie idea ever. And we're finally making it 20 years later. We're making this movie uh, about this crazy road trip that happened, you know, in the early 2000s. That's so cool. Yeah. See, that's one of those things that I was saying earlier that affectionately pisses me right off. Like, oh, we just created a plan. We'll just go on the prices right. ride. We'll win a Winnebago <laughs> yeah. and then we'll follow in sync. And then mm-hmm. 20 years later, uh, Lance will make a movie. Yeah, about we're going to make it. Yeah. And then it happens. Like, first uh, of all, love. I love chasing <laughs> dreams. But like, that's what I'm saying with like, mm-hmm. oh, Timberlake called. Like, I don't yeah. know. I realize it wasn't Timberlake yet. But uh, like, what you can't oh, then i'm just putting in the universe now yeah we're going on the prices right next uh they're gonna give me a harley and a yeah. and a lifted truck and a million dollars and we're gonna follow yeah. lance on his movie set that's good it just comes to fruition it's so wild how that happens sometimes i mean it is it is and, you know and and you know the other films that i've been doing like what happened was this year i released this documentary i'm a huge doc maker i love like every year i'm working on some different doc right and the last one i did was this uh youtube film called the boy band con which i hate the name by yeah. the way youtube chose that name um, but it's about Lou Perlman, who I mentioned before, of who course. called yeah. my mom the first time. So Lou Perlman ended up being a monster. <laughs> uh, your typical entertainment manager that just took advantage of kids. And we signed the worst contract in music history. So did the Backstreet Boys. We we're all yeah, on the I same saw, label. I saw the, the doc. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so I just wanted to do a an expose on his life, really, of birth to death on Lou Perlman. Because I didn't know much. I knew my story, but I didn't know where he began, all the way to one of the biggest Ponzi schemes in American history. Right. Um, and so in doing this doc, I just, I fell in love with the story again. And it was, a, a, you know, a big success. So now we're doing the biopic, the scripted version of Lou Perlman's life, um, which is I'm the most excited about. Because that, that to me is going to be my, my Oscar winning film. Hell yeah. Put it out there in the universe, Academy voters out there. Watch me in a couple years. And just like Loop the Price on. is Right thing, that'll come to fruition no matter what, because guys like you so. and your crew just put it into happen. <laughs> so if you want to sneak a, a role in there for me, that'd be fine. Yeah. <laughs> it just didn't have success. Well, a guy like Lou Perlman, like, I don't want to speak out of pocket, right? It's not my place to speak on Lou Perlman, but 
a conflicted character because there was all these negative things and you mm. lived it. But then like also arguably responsible for like the success oh of like so many yes. musical acts and he's a legend. So like, like what do you, do, you do with that conflict, yeah, you know, that gray area? And that's the question I wanted to answer. How do you quantify his, uh, his hands on the entertainment industry? Like what did he do? What was he responsible for? And it's a lot. He changed. Tons. He is responsible for the sound we have on the radio today. Yeah. It shaped the entire mm-hmm. sound yeah. of now, popular music. I don't think he music. did that on purpose. I think he got very lucky in that. Uh, but, you know, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be here. That's, I really wouldn't. That's always the unique thing in life, like conflicting gray area mm-hmm. characters. Like maybe someone was yeah. really mean to you, but they gave you your but thing here, or gave you that. Like how do you handle that you emotionally, rhetorically? Yeah, you, know? you have to look at the positive and the good things. And look, Lou was, you know, family member to us. He was right. so nice to us. Um I loved being around him. He taught me so much about business, not just by watching him. Like I learned a lot about business and how to deal with business. I mean, sure. He was a, a monster and taking advantage of everyone, but that taught me how not to take advantage of people in business. That is one of the coolest things about life that you can learn what not to do or mm-hmm. what to do based yeah. on someone else's mistakes. Yeah. And then you're weirdly indebted to them not indebted but you know appreciative of that person yeah. even though if they were doing something icky because it overall it helped you yeah. and like the cycle goes on and, and continues. you gotta i learned to be fair you know my whole life is all about being fair um and with any deal i make you know i could easily be bullish and be like well i'm lance bass and i'm gonna get this percentage but no i just want to make what makes sense and what is fair sure um and so that's how i go into every business uh you know everyone has their own you know, a job and uh, everyone, you know, is going to equally work. And so everyone equally needs to get their percentage. It's an honorable thing. I mean, that's really cool. Maybe some of that Southern Mississippi uh, values coming out in the long run <laughs> thanks, all these Mom. years later. <laughs> yeah, thanks. First of all, thanks for hanging up uh, on that original call. And then thanks for yeah, all right. the values. Speaking of <laughs> conflict. Oh, God. Could you imagine if my mom didn't tell me about that? I don't know where my life would be right now. Especially where do you think a, it would be? Like, what do you think would oh happen? Oh my God, I don't know. I'm scared to think of what would have happened because I could have been, I mean, I don't know how I would have acted, but as a closeted person in right. Mississippi, you know, you weren't able to be out. Yeah, Baptist um, too, right? Like Baptist, Southern Baptist oh, yeah. church, you know, and closeted. I the, the girlfriend. And yeah, the whole deal. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I would have gone to Ole Miss with my girlfriend and then gotten married and been miserable because I know I'm in the closet and just had that. I, there's so many people I know in my life that led that life. Of course. Still leave that, lead, lead that life because they think it's wrong and they have to be married to a woman and have kids. But that's so horrible. I mean, that, yeah. their life must be miserable. What was it, about 06 publicly you came out uh, roughly? Yeah, something like that? Yeah, 2006, yeah, 2006. I mean, so. and at that time, it's starting to like turn the tide a oh, little yeah. bit, but it's that's that's it still, still early on. I know. Isn't that sad that not too long ago, it was still just a taboo, horrible thing? 2006 seems like yesterday to me. Right. I realize it's 2019, yeah. but like time starts to fly it like does. crazy. Dude, the older you get, the more yeah. it just goes. And it's so funny with someone like, I'm a pretty like open-minded liberal cat, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like, whatever, I don't care my whole life. I've never cared about anything. Like do whatever you want, I don't care. So like in 06, I was like, oh yeah, whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. But then you get older and you realize like, oh no, there's still like tons of bigotry everywhere, oh, yeah. even like today and now. And it's like, oh, just because mm-hmm. you're from an open-minded area yeah. doesn't mean that the well, world is. we're lucky is. to be in places like Chicago, New York, LA, where, right. you know, it's we've learned, we've been educated about things because we have to be around so many l- different people. Right. You're forced to know other cultures and experience them and learn from other people. But when you grow up in towns like myself, you know, of 2,000 people and 
all you, the only thing you know is school and church. Um, yeah, I mean, you can just be very small-minded in what you think of the world. Yeah, my life almost went reverse because I grew up on the south side of Chicago. It was so like multicultural, mm-hmm. and my high school was so like artistic and literally multicultural, like yeah. everywhere. It was like so evenly nice. distributed that it was almost like becoming an adult and going to college and like doing some other stuff where I almost learned the other side. Not that it's necessarily negative, but just like oh. I'm a good dude, but I don't know anything about yeah. culture. I just, you know, I'm doing my, what I know. And it's right. like, oh man, I almost had like a reverse curve of uh, learning about America, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> more than you signed up for. Uh, all right, let's take it out of America. I, I would be so mad at myself if I didn't randomly transition into the topic of outer space. Oh yeah, my favorite subject to talk about. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. <laughs> what the hell is going on? Like I can kind of answer what's going on. You were literally... I'll say the word approved, for lack of better knowledge, mm-hmm. to by NASA and the Russian, forgive my ignorance, what it's called, Russian Space, space Agency, agency uh-huh. to go in, out into outer space mm-hmm. and do a space shuttle mission. Yes. You're training. You're an astronaut, essentially, like mm-hmm. you're doing the whole deal. Mm-hmm. How and what in the F... <laughs> It, what? How does? What's up? Tell me anything about space. How do you become an astronaut? Well, this is going to piss you off again because I'm, str- I'm it, trying to host a podcast and I'm struggling. It, it, <laughs> You're guys an astronaut. Uh, it started with a phone call again. Oh, I hate those phone calls. <laughs> uh, you know, um, I I am like I said, I'm very blessed, and I am trying to be as humble as possible to be able to have a phone, live, yeah, <laughs> um, live two dreams. Right? I mean, everyone, you could be lucky to live one dream in your life. Right? Right. But, my biggest dream in life was to be an astronaut. I mean, that's what I wanted to be before music. Sure. You know, I, since seven years old, that's what I was going for. I was going to be a space engineer. Then I would be an astronaut. I was going to fly to space. I love adventure. Um, so when I got a call um, from this, this company that wanted to put the youngest person in space, they wanted to do, they basically wanted to do a documentary to inspire the youth to get back into math and science and space. Yeah, because sure. at that point, you know, in 2000, people were not thinking about space. Like, we just didn't care anymore. Um, and immediately, I thought it was Ashton Kutcher punking me. Right. You know, because yeah, like, of course. Oh, like, okay. we want you to go to space. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So for a week, I was telling my manager, I'm like, this is a lie. Right. Like, we're not like, doing this. This is like, this is, I'm telling you right now, you can vet it out, but it's Ashton Kutcher. It's going to be an episode of Punked. It's just, I'm right. just putting yeah. that out there. And then a week later, <laughs> my manager's like, I think this is real. Like I'm talking to NASA oh <laughs> now. Um, so yeah, they they wanted to do this project where they'd send the youngest person in in space. Um, and the whole reason that they chose me was because they were in an AOL chat room. Oh God! With fans, and they asked, they're like, "Is there a celebrity out there that you would like to see to go to go to space? Like who would be your favorite person? Young, you know, under twenty five." Right. Uh, and they said Lance Bass because he wanted to be an astronaut. So that was like the number one thing they saw. So you're going That's to space, or you, you were on the on the verge of going to space because of an AOL chat yes, room. Yes, because of a fan and an AOL and chat And some room. guy going, who should we send up? Uh-huh. And the kid's saying, oh, I like that guy from NSYNC. He's, yeah. He said he wanted to be an astronaut. Yeah. What was the training like? Like oh, So after it, all right, it's real, and we're getting there. Like, Are you in like what's called the centripetal C- force thing, like TV? Everything. Yeah, the whole deal. Oh, I did it all. Um, How was that? 
It was, I mean, that was the fun part. I mean, the centrifuge and the parabolic flights and being dropped in the middle of the woods and having to survive on your own. I mean, that to me was the fun part. Oh, I never even thought about that Oh, yeah, part. I mean, you, you go through some crazy stuff. Just and, in case, like, if you land, like, yeah. on your way back, if something weird on happens back, and you land in the desert or whatever. You can land anywhere, in an ocean, in a forest, in the in the North Pole. I mean, and you have to learn how to survive. So it's survival. And everything. Um, so most of the training is emergency training. Okay. Um, and so you're constantly doing that and you know i was over there for half a year um and i lived outside moscow on their army base um called zvizdonik gorodok it's called star city and nothing has changed since the 70s it, it looks exactly the same the cosmonaut training center is exactly the same um you get your milk and the dead end road and a bucket you know it's like crazy it's it's, it's it's you go back in time for sure it sounds like a movie it, it definitely was a movie and it you know it's a Take a two-year program, but they condensed it in six months. So that, I don't love that, by the way. No, that was not fun. Like if we're going to send at the time a pop singer to space, yeah. like please but don't I, condense it. But I only it. had six months because I had to start the new NSYNC album um, November first. Well, respectfully, I don't care. We're sending you to space, <laughs> no, like but no. like PR, like Lance yeah. Bass. You know, no, but the guys like they're like we have to be back November first. We have to right. we're hard, only taking hard six back, months off, no matter yeah. what. And yeah. so that's what I was, you know, doing. Um, it got very. There was a lot of drama that happened over there that no one really saw, but uh, I went out there actually with CBS because um, Les Moonves wanted to do this uh, game show that he wanted me to host, and they wanted the host to be able to have gone to space because okay. the winner would go to space. Oh, cool. A um, couple months into training, uh, the head of Energia, which is our Boeing, um, you know, they're the ones who make the rockets and basically run the space program. Mm -hmm. So Alexander Derechin, uh, who was the head of Energia, brings me into his office, and he's like, Lance... I have the contract with CBS, and you're not in it. Oh. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, they're totally messing with you and trying to get you out of the way to secure two other seats behind your back. And I'm like, what? That is like, a what? movie. It doesn't even make sense. And so Russia was so upset with that because they they've never done a deal with Hollywood before, and Russia is very by the contract. I mean, it's if they, in the contract it says they. You know, you owe them a hundred thousand dollars, and you're like, you know what? We did really great. I'm going to give you a million dollars. Like, no, a hundred thousand right. dollars. Like, they're yeah. by the contract. So, they were so upset that they would lie to me like that that they completely ended their contract with CBS. Um, and that's when MTV came on board and said, okay, we'll do the documentary on sending the youngest person to space. So we continued with them. And then a week before my launch, <laughs> I was about to go to Baikonur where we launch. Um, ready for this mission, done so many mock missions. I am ready to go. I am a cosmonaut. I am a Russian-speaking cosmonaut. Right, you're a Russian-speaking um, cosmonaut. And a week before, uh, MTV was like, oh, we we forgot to take out insurance on the documentary. And by the way, Lords of London, don't take out insurance on astronauts and people going to space. So without insurance, you have no film, and no film, no sending me to space. Oh, so it got no. canceled the week before my launch. Ugh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's, but you know what? Yeah, it would have been amazing to go, but I do feel like I did it so many oh, times. Oh, you did it. I mean, you know, it's like I, I had so many mock missions with my crew. I just, I, I, I know exactly what it, it would have felt like. Yeah. I mean, not the zero G part, but uh, 
yeah, I, yeah. I felt like I did. And, and it wasn't just to go float around in space. I was going to live on the ISS for 10 days. Um, and I had all my experiments. I was doing, you know, blood, you know, blood studies, um, environmental studies of the Delta. Uh, so I had my, my things that I was yeah, doing. You were a full fledged yeah. cosmonaut, yeah. astronaut. Yeah. How was, was the crew like receptive to you at first? Not were they at like, first. get the no pretty boy out of here? No, no like, one was. NASA here. hated me at first. Yeah. Uh, they, uh, you know, I was a, a rock star, right? Yeah, right. Uh, they all thought I was an alcoholic. Um, you know, they just, they, they really um, didn't have any good thoughts about me. So when I, when I went over there, the first time I met with NASA at TJ Fridays. Of course. <laughs> we were at Fridays. Of course you met with NASA at TJ Fridays. And, uh, you know, they were quizzing me and all that kind of stuff. They sent a message to President Bush at the time saying, Lance doesn't have the ability to learn to go to space. Like based off basically, of the meeting, they, just like they, assess, basically they assessed me a you and said he's, yeah. yeah. And, I, and they're like, yeah, he'll never make it. So President Bush was against it. And in fact, he happened to be in town in Russia that day. And I met with them and he Casual. pretended he had no idea about it. I'm like, you know exactly why I'm here. Right, yeah. It's the biggest story would, right, right now. Don't even try I'm it. a huge oh. star and I'm just sitting and in I, Russia. Yeah, yeah, you right. know exactly why I'm here. So I started the the training and you know at the you know every two weeks you get a test of what, I mean, you have to learn so much rocket science and I mean every makeup of the 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 Soyuz that you know you fly in and you had to know everything and I was in charge of oxygen and all that type of stuff. So there was you know serious things. It wasn't just learning emergency stuff. It was some serious science things you had to learn. Yeah. And it was all in Russian. So you know I had a translator at the beginning. So I'd have to take all these classes in Russian, translate it into English, and then you'd have these tests, verbal tests, and they grade you one to five and you do these verbal tests and after my first test, I got a five, and NASA was in there, and they were like, they never spoke to me. They left, and, and that was it. They let me continue. <laughs> They're like, okay, I guess he's serious about this. Yeah, I mean, that's so impressive. That's wild. Well, when you're- The language barrier alone. If you gave yeah, me six months to even just do the language part, I probably you, wouldn't get it. When you immerse yourself into something like that, and you have an opportunity like that, it's, it's insane what you, you can get yourself to do. Right. You can do anything. Like I th- Humans can do anything if they're- Put to the test like this, yeah. Because there's no way just throw, I, throw I should have been able to do this, yeah. but yeah, somehow it worked. So, but six months off, you're you're like I'm assuming your guys are on vacation. They're probably resting, mm-hmm. relaxing, yeah. like touring and albums. Like that's that's a strenuous yeah. trek. Mm-hmm. So, but meanwhile, your six months off was spent training. Like, how were you when you got back? Were you just fatigued? Or was it a bad Definitely year fatigued. the next year? I mean, I probably was in the best health of my life because, I mean, they you really physically train a lot. I had lost 30 pounds. I was so pale. I looked sick, but I, you know, I was definitely healthy. Um, and then, you know, I, I got back to do the album and it, and it never happened. <laughs> That's the thing oh, that good. sucked. Maybe a blessing uh, in disguise though I or mean, no? Well, I mean, it would have been nice to fly because yeah, know, right. they definitely, you know, the next flight was April and I could have easily been on that one. Oh God. Uh, but I got back and I knew I had to start writing for this new album. So I started writing for the new album, but we didn't, we didn't know that Justin's solo album would blow up that yeah, much. Yeah, that one insane. Um, so when I got back, that's when Justin started just hitting it. And uh, and it never stopped. It still hasn't stopped. So we never got to do that that last album. 
That's wild. Yeah, I suppose he dropped that one solo album, mm-hmm. which I'm assuming was probably supposed to just be like, oh, I'll be back in a year oh, or six months yeah, or no, four he, months he or was, whatever. Like, yeah, because he was side like, look, can I have six months to do a solo? And we're like, yes, we need six months off. I was yeah, like, please. please. Well, especially you God. coming off of Russia for yeah, six. Well, I mean, no, no, no. This was before I even knew about oh, Russia. Oh, this is before. We, got we had, got got we had got decided before right, this right. last tour we're going to take six months off. We had never done yeah, that before. Do your thing, Justin. Oh, been amazed. And then he's like, you know, it probably won't work. He was so, he totally thought it would never work. And then it just blew up. Isn't it funny how you never know like you said ebbs and flows you get a call are we going to be a disney band singing acapella at disneyland or Mm -hmm. you know justin's going to drop a solo and he's huge at the time but who knows how many people have dropped solo albums that didn't pan out Oh yeah. Let alone turn into like that's I'm Garth Brooks. Remember he did that Chris Gaines thing? When he had the the the, <laughs> yeah. the hair, like the cool, I mean, whatever that's but it called still was across Garth his face. Brooks, the biggest person in the world, and you thought and that flopped. would do something horrible. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It happens all the time. So mm-hmm. um well listen, I don't want to take up all of your time. You've been more than accommodating having us. Uh tell me a little bit though, like you've got your podcast going on. Mm-hmm. Tell me about the podcast a little bit. Yeah. Where can people find that? It's about the entertainment world. What's up with your, yeah, your You know, I I had a talk show on Sirius XM for five years mm-hmm. and it was called uh dirty pop and dirty it was pop. so much fun it was a two-hour live show every day and uh it was so much fun and i i love being in front of the microphone i, I this outlet radio outlet is the best thing ever um and i just i didn't have time to do the things i was wanting to do in sure. television and film so i had to stop that um about three years ago um and then i got an offer to do this podcast um a daily one it's the first ever Daily entertainment podcast. Daily's intense. Yeah, it is. But I'm loving it. It's only been three weeks now, but I love being back on air. Um, and what we do is, you know, it's a positive show. I feel like there's a lot of negativity these days out there. So I just wanted an hour of your day to not talk politics, to not yeah. talk crap about the Kardashians. Um, I just wanted the positive side of entertainment. And so we go over the the fun entertainment news of the day with, I call them my peanuts. Um, <laughs> and so I have a, a cast of crazy characters that are always on the show. And it is a good time. We laugh our butts off. So every single day, what happened? Like, are you tracking multiple in a day? Or are you literally in here tracking every day? Um, like, what if you're sick depends. or out of town? Yeah, or, I mean, you know it what depends. I mean? My schedule's crazy, so I'm always yeah. on the road. So if I'm on the road, I'll do it from the road. Um, oh, got it. Uh, and then we'll pre-tape a few things. You know, like today, um, I had Wells Adams from, you know, Bachelor in Paradise. Yeah. Uh, and that's a Friday show. So we had to tape two today. So we did that one in a Friday show. So, you know, it's all just kind of up in the air yeah, how the- we do it. But we try to keep it as current as possible because- you know, we want it. We want it to feel like okay, this happened today. This is what you need to know. This movie's coming out tonight. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, we admittedly peek behind our curtain is it's a little bit more like stack and release kind of mm-hmm. deal. Just because I'm half Chicago, right. I don't even, for the radio I'll say half LA. I'm not half LA. I'm less than a quarter LA. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So like today, like we're gonna do three or four or five of these, and then we'll mm-hmm. stagger them out a little bit. Funny you mentioned the Bachelor. Probably bad for the timing. Producer will kill me. But we got we're gonna go talk to Colton Underwood Underwood right after you. Colton. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and oh, do that. Yeah. So, hey, guess what? Now Lance has to come out first, uh, Mr. <laughs> Producer Man. <laughs> but yeah, it's funny. So we'll like stack and release. Eventually, mm-hmm. that'll that'll change as you get like the bandwidth or whatever. Yeah. But I digress. Uh, listen, man, I don't want to get corny with you. I feel like I've said that. To sit and chat with you for forty-five minutes, fifty minutes is an honor. Oh, um, thanks. <laughs> I think you're sweet. truly a legend. Uh, being in your home is surreal. Uh, I'm proud of you. Oh, I'm proud of the man. philanthropy. I think it's dope. Thank you so much for having us. Oh, thank you. No, I'm, I'm, I'm. Like I said, very blessed, and uh, 
you know, I enjoy what I do and I hope to be able to keep creating for the future. Heck yeah. Well, we'll be following very closely for the listeners out there that want to get in touch with Lance Bass via Cameo. You can do so at cameo.com slash Lance Bass. Uh, and I think it's safe to say that it all goes back to a good cause, it if does. not the majority of it. It does. I, I put it all to charity. Ladies and gentlemen, the incomparable, the legendary Lance Bass. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thank you, sir.